I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. Tonight, broadcasting from TalkCast PDX, our emergency studios. We're still here until after the weekend. Once the weekend's over, we're back to our old digs at 8.60 a.m. The Answer in Portland. And uh, tonight we're uh, broadcasting live and uh, want to invite you to join us at Aftermath.fm. You can listen for free from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Otherwise, if you want a more convenient time, you go to Aftermath.fm and uh, Aftermath.media, rather, and you sign up for our uh, our, uh, our, our packages that we have. We have... Uh, one for just the show. We have others for the library. And, of course, we have a new deal. We're coming to the final days of a new deal for this month, and it's $129 for you and three other subscribers to hop on board. It's uh, pretty much it's about a little over $30 a month, so that's a pretty good deal for Aftermath.media. We have a library that's full of all kinds of goodies, uh, videos, documents. We have study groups. We have all kinds of stuff and also other shows that we call Ground Zero Friendly, meaning that there are other guys that share the network with us that are on that you may want to listen to and uh, they're up and coming and we really really like their their stuff so check us out at aftermath.media that's aftermath.media uh it, it supports the show and we're very happy to be a part of the aftermath.media group so uh the mainstream media has once again uh told us or they actually believe that they have been triumphant in quashing yet another so-called conspiracy theory which even had cnn scrambling to prove that it was fox news responsible for spreading lies about President Biden and his plans to curb greenhouse gases. Now, they're calling it the Hamburglar Conspiracy, where so-called evil conspiratorial right-wing journalists have been passing around alleged false claims that President Biden would place limits on how much red meat Americans can, uh, can consume as part of a, a stated goal to sharply reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Now, it was first reported in the Daily Mail that President Biden was trying to limit people to eating one hamburger a month. That's an allegation that could seriously undermine his climate change plan before he even announced it. Now, two days after the Daily Mail brought up the topic in a report last Thursday, Representative Lauren Boebert, a Colorado Republican, she started tweeting, why, does Joe, why doesn't Joe stay out of my kitchen, she tweeted. Well, the Mail story by Emily Crane was headline, how Biden climate plan could limit you to eat just one burger a month at a cost of about 3.5k a year per person in taxes, force you to spend 55k on electric car and crush American jobs. Crane cited a January 2020 study by the University of Michigan Center for Sustainable Systems, which discussed how a transition to a more plant-based diet by Americans could cut down on greenhouse gas emissions. The paper estimated the environmental impact of a 90% reduction in beef consumption. The Associated Press stated that this story was nothing more than a conspiracy theory and that there was no proof that this was on the agenda of Biden's green plan. Now, whenever I see stories like this, I often recall or I often think about why do these stories end up being reported in the first place? And there's always a reason for a conspiracy theory. And, and believe it or not, most of the conspiracy theories you hear are, are generated by reports that the mainstream media have created themselves. Now, the Biden administration can pretend all they want that there is no precedent for this conspiracy theory. But looking back at the comments by Kamala Harris and her fondness for cheeseburgers, well, that may be the reason why this report was uh, devised. I mean, need we remind everyone that last year, 
CNN decided to create this marathon-length town hall. It was seven hours in which 10 top contenders for the Democratic presidential nomination shared their plans for cutting carbon emissions, dealing with potentially catastrophic weather and saving the planet from the, actually for the generations to come. Well, the conversation turned to the discussion of whether or not a person has a right to consume a cheeseburger. What happened? There was some militant vegan in the audience saying, what are you planning on doing for climate change? She was French. She wasn't even American. What do you plan on doing for climate change? Are you going to eliminate beef consumption and talking about diet and how it affects climate change? Well, while discussing red meats, dietary requirements, and beef production, it seemed that this debate was going on where Democrats would basically uphold the right to backyard barbecues or require draconian enforcement of meat rationing to save the planet from greenhouse gases. Now, asked about climate activism and her stand on the beef and cheese industries, Amy Klobuchar went out big. She says, I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to cut carbon emissions in a way, especially when I'm president, that we can continue to have hamburgers and cheese. Kamala Harris, on the other hand, lest Americans think otherwise, she conceded that, oh, I love cheeseburgers, she said. She didn't seem too proud of it, feigning her meat guilt in front of some militant climate change vegans. But she went even bigger, stating that if she were president, she would definitely change the dietary guidelines to reduce red meat and specifically, or, or basically reduce red meat specifically, or to ban its consumption altogether. The, the balance that we have to strike here, frankly, is about what government can and should do around creating incentives and then banning certain behaviors. I mean, just to be very honest with you, I love cheeseburgers from time to time, right? I mean, I, I, I just do. And, and I think that, um, and, but, there is, but there has to be also what we do in terms of creating incentives that we will eat in a healthy way, that we will encourage moderation, and that we will be educated about the effect of our eating habits on our environment. She then later stated that meat production has a detrimental impact on the environment and that there should be plans in place to curtail the consumption of meat so that it will improve the environmental impact. Now, this is in line with the new Codex Alimentarius plan that was proposed back in 2015 during the 2030 summit, where the United Nations stated that there should be dietary guidelines in place for the entire world, which includes regulations on animal-based proteins. Now, last year, there was a push by climate change adherents to limit or even ban the eating of dairy and beef products. And there was a trend on social media of what was called steak and dairy shaming of people saying that it harms the environment. But before climate debates were replaced with COVID-19 debates, there was a push for the 2030 ideal diet that was proposed by the technocrats, which literally limits and then virtually eliminates animal proteins from the human diet. Now, the thing is, there's, and the thing that was most disconcerting is at least one in five people would not be able to afford the science's ideal diet designed to feed, actually to feed 10 billion people without hurting the planet, according to a study. But the conspiracy theory, or so we are told, has no basis, right? In, in fact, there, there was never a discussion about red meat consumption by anyone in the Biden administration, right? Right. Well, uh, meanwhile, to add more conspiracy fodder, there was a story that was, well, actually, it's been floating around that the state of Oregon now wants to put a ban on livestock. Now, I, I'm really wondering about the validity of this, but allegedly Oregon Bill IP13 would criminalize raising food animals in the state and reclassify animal husbandry practices as sexual assault. The bill specifies that animals can only be eaten after dying of natural causes. Now, that doesn't work because at that point, the meat is aged and diseased. It's not good. 
Oregon's 12,000 beef producers raising about 1.3 million head of cattle are slated for elimination as traditional farming and ranching will be shut down in favor of lab-grown meat and indoor farms owned by the technocrats, a perfect way to force the population into perfect slavery. So while this sounds crazy, it is, of course, coming from the state of Oregon where the idea of being progressive is a license for legislating stupidity. And apart from all these rumors of where's the beef or where, where, where's the beef going to go, there also comes the threat of scarcity and how the supply chain of products that you buy is falling apart. And prices on these items are going to soar as well. The other day, I, I had a friend tell me that she was trying to find cat litter. You know, everybody who has cats knows this. They, they buy the cat litter and it, she likes it in the yellow tub with the red lid. So do I. I mean, my wife always says, get the yellow tub with the red lid. That's all we know. I think it's like Purina or some other cat cat uh, litter, kitty litter. So uh, she was saying that she'd go to her store and she couldn't find the cat litter in the yellow tub with the red lid. She said that no matter where she went, she couldn't find the brand she needed or wanted. And I, and I can relate because I had to also buy cat litter. And I prefer the yellow tuna or the yellow uh, tub with the, the, the red lid, but instead I had to buy something I didn't want because I went to two stores and they didn't have it. So I got this lightweight kitty litter stuff and only lasted a day. So my wife had to go out and see if she could find it. She couldn't. She said she found one with the, with the blue lid. So, you know, the yellow tub, red lid kitty litter for some reason is in short supply. But I've noticed though, when I shop, it is becoming a crapshoot. And more and more, I am being forced to avoid name brands, uh, name brand items because, I mean, name brand items I count on, right? And my wife counts on them too. But I'm being forced to buy store brand items. Now, it's not, not such a big deal, but still, it's kind of weird that you have to go for the store uh, branded items rather than the brands that you trust. So I've noticed that it's becoming a crapshoot. You go in and you say, well, I want to get this, and you can't find it. Or you want to find, like I, I even uh, talked about this a while ago, where Liam likes uh, these Sour Patch Kids. And, and so I went in, and I was just going to get him a small bag of Sour Patch. I said to the, the grocery, I said, where's the small bags of Sour Patch Kids? We're out of them. I said, well, where are, do you have any? Oh, yeah, two-pound bag. So they forced me to buy the two-pound bag of Sour Patch Kids. And even though Liam is still, you know, he's still got them and he's still eating them, uh, I don't have to buy them for a while. But still, I found out that I had to pay a little more to get this, I mean, because nothing was in stock. So it's not that the store brand items are bad or good or whatever. It's just that when you invest yourself into a certain brand, store brand items just don't seem to be the same. I, I'm, maybe it's psychological or maybe it's more than that, but I'm beginning to see the supply chains of products diminishing, and I was curious as to why. So I did some studying, I did some uh, research, and you're going to find out why some of the products that you like are going away or they're temporarily not going to be sold to you and how prices are going to soar and how things are going to go up. They're just going to go up in price quickly. I mean, somebody was telling me that they went to get a Wendy's burger it was normally a buck seventy-nine. It's now two fifteen or two seventeen. It's gone up a buck. Once again, back to the Big Mac economics I was talking about earlier, long a couple days ago. This is how you judge the economy. If you see your favorite hamburger or beer or whatever go up, you know that prices for other things are going to go up as well. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts. You must sign up on our secured server at aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts, 
Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.